This is In Bootcamp, Episode 7, Hacker X, on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019, with your hosts, Matthew Petchel and Ryan Rampersad. You can find the show notes for this episode at thenexus.tv slash IB7. Hey, how's it going? It's good. How about you? Good. It's uh, that time again. Boot camp number seven. Number seven. Yeah. So, uh, these shows are going by quick. Yeah, that's how it goes. But uh, we got a lot to cover this week because there was more than just boot camp this week. There was a uh, uh, job fair and some other stuff, and we should just get going. Yeah, let's get going. Let's start with class topics that you've covered since last time. Yeah, and now we're starting to have a little more fun with stuff. It's not just make a static HTML thing or make a terrible JavaScript game and stuff. We're actually using APIs now, and um, you can well, you can feel like a real developer making little web apps that are. Mildly useful. Mildly useful. Okay, so, I mean, everyone these days has like a Google Home Mini or something. You just say, okay, Google, tell me about the weather. Please trigger. I looked yep. around to make sure that it didn't trigger. Mine did. Ah, good, good, good. But no, so uh, there's this open weather API thing where you can fetch the time in different cities, wind, speed, and everything else. And then you just, you know, grab the information you want. Um, we played with this open movie database thing where you just we made a little app that you could search for a movie string and it gave you like the poster for the movie the plot the cast what it was rated and um you know we just we had some fun with it that's cool so i um i I read about how you uh learned about api keys tell me more about api keys oh oh yeah that if you have a free one and then everyone in the class is using the free one and it times out in the first five minutes of your demo and you have to wait an hour it's kind of a bad demo yeah that might have happened uh might have happened huh but yeah, and then, um, well, Thursday out of the way out of class, he's like, okay, everyone, you're going to need this weather API thing. Everyone make it now and then go home. And I'm like, well, okay, I just made an account and now I have my key and I'll be good. Because um, it, it, it took like an hour or two hours to get the email with it. And it's uh, the people who didn't do it showed up to class and they couldn't participate in the assignment with their own key. Um, it's... I don't know. It's fun. Um, we did some Ajax stuff this week. Um, and then we started using um, local storage. And we talked a little bit about cookies. Didn't do a whole lot with cookies. Um, and you were saying it's not really an industry thingy that much anymore. I mean, it's it's um, it's um not so useful these days because a lot of APIs, as you know, use API keys to do their authentication and permission management. And so in the old days, you'd use cookies a lot, but these days, not so much. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was definitely fun to play with. And then we, um, trying to think what else we built. Uh, now our next homework is to make a thing that uses this open Jiffy thing and it finds GIFs on the internet for search topics. So that's cool. Yeah. And, um, no, it's just, you know, it's fun. Yeah, so it's it's getting a little bit more interesting because now you're sort of combining, you know, quite a few of the different aspects that you've learned. So you you know HTML, of course, and you know some CSS, of course, and some JavaScript. And enough now you know enough of all those things, and now you can get some data to start feeding those things some interactivity and some use. So that's really fun. Um, 
so when when you're when you're um, working with some of these APIs and you know you're experimenting, like what's your workflow typically? Like how do you find out what an API has in it? And like how does that work for you? Well, okay, that weather one was absolute kind of crap, and so um, I just there's a way to get get it to return the entire object, and then you can kind of just figure out what you want from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you don't have to call stuff inside of an object thing and then it's like this the object had more objects in it so um it's just yeah we have we got this little extension for chrome for the json formatter and it just makes it all pretty and then you can kind of just figure it out from there yeah you can like click um, the little arrows to expand and contract sections like it's it, it, it they don't have like so like you know like the jquery documentation and their little api like they, they have you could just it's real easy to find answers for it some of these api things don't really have a um right there's not documentation do- like that yeah yeah that's there's no documentation you just kind of have to hack and find yeah. out and stack overflow a little bit so so we call the the, the apis that you're using there they're most likely restful apis and one of the interesting things is that you've run into just by describing that a very common problem with RESTful APIs is that they have no innate documentation. So you don't know, you know, where the object is or how many levels nested it is or, you know, if it's a string or a number. And so one of the things that people will ask is like, hey, do you have any API docs? And the answer is no. Yeah. That's yeah, very common all over the place. But yeah. And um, the professor trolled us this morning, though. Uh, so on Saturdays, every other Saturday, I have the other guy. Yes. Um, whose name is Professor Chris. Chris. Okay. Professor Chris. So Professor Chris, uh, gave us all a sample file, um, and said, everyone go to Slack, download it. And it's this little to do thing. And they're like, all right, all of you need to put down 10 things that you do. It has to be 10 things that you did this week that you would use on a checklist. And then, so we took our time, we put a little thought into it, and he's like, okay, do you guys, like, he was smiling and grinning and smirking, like, you guys, you all have 10 things, right? Has to be 10. You, you, you all do this? You all do this? Now everyone hit control R. And then we all did, and I'm like, ha! It's all gone now. And, um, no persistence. No persistence. Yeah, you know, he had fun with it. I had fun with it. I, I mean, I, we all knew it was coming, but he wanted us to do it anyway. <laughs> and so was that going to be kind of a lesson on local storage or something? Yeah, it, it was how he prefixed okay. today. Like, just, we're, we're doing this first. <laughs> I kind of talked about this a little bit out of order, but it was hilarious. No, that's amazing. Uh, and so then, and then earlier today, you learned about local storage then, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we made a, um, it was like a, it, you know, sometimes exercises aren't useful. It was like just, yeah. It was like a bullet, it was like a membership site. Like, this is the last person to join our site's contact whatever thing and then it was like do you, and then you had to like you put down your name your email and how you heard about the place and then you, when you hit submit it became you became the newest member to join the exclusive club of something right um so it's just yeah and every time you put something in there it just moved the card over you closed it opened it up again and um yeah yep. so earlier you had an interesting question for me which was you know, what's kind of the difference between session storage and local storage? So did he introduce both? Well, he did, and um, we were running out of time because, you know, some people have a way of derailing class. Oh, I know. And we take painfully long on some things, and then we have to rush through it all at the end. Mm-hmm. 
and because class went over again, and I, I have to go back to work. Right, you have like, you have like a I hard can... out. Like you have to go. Yeah. Yep. I have to go because that the last truck leaves at five thirty, and I have to have all my alcohol and mail there. Right, and I and I can understand how others might not have that restriction, but you certainly do. Yeah. So uh, I will mention here on the show what the difference is between local storage and session storage. Oh, please do. And so local storage is persistent across tabs. So if you go to one tab, you set some storage values. You go to another tab on the same website, those values will be there too. Local storage is persistent. Session storage is, on the other hand, not persistent between tabs. So if you, uh, for example, had your login credentials on a session storage tab, save those values into session storage. Well, then if you went opened a new tab to the same website, you would be logged out still because those values aren't there to have you be logged in. And so that can be a very odd and inconvenient type of uh, usability experience. So, you know, it's it's very rare, in my opinion, that you would use session storage for really anything. And if you do use it, you have to be very aware of what you've now just done to all of your users. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. But all our exercises today were um, local storage. And then we had one little cookie one. Um, but then we ran out of time on our last one we were doing. It's like we had like 15 minutes to do this little project. And it was to um, use local storage um, like to json.stringify and then that. And then when we had to get local storage.git, we had to parse it Yeah, uh, to get it back. And... I never got that going. I um, you should definitely practice that though. There's there's a name for that practice. It's called inflate and deflate. So it's kind of like yeah. you have an object and you and you deflate it into the string form, and then you take it from string form and you inflate it back into object form. It's a very common practice. So you should definitely give that a try. So I'm gonna ask the newbie question: Why can't you just store the object? Yeah. So when they made local storage, you know, back 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 then in only 10 years ago um they didn't think about this very well and so they only really had the support for storing strings okay and so the only good way to store a string that represents an object is to serialize it into json and so it's um kind of an interesting question furthermore though because you think well why didn't they make a new api then yeah why didn't they well they didn't have to. So as you were taught today, there is a way to get around this limitation with the general API. But uh, in the years between then and now, there have been dozens of libraries to help you do this. So there's a good one called Local Forage. So not storage, forage. So okay. that's a joke or something, I guess. And the, <laughs> and the idea is that it has all of the same APIs, like set item, get item, and so on. But if you give it an object, it'll just do all the stringification for you. If you get an object, it'll do all the stringification for you. Oh, that's nice. Yes, it is nice. It's, so there's there's um one of the philosophies is that if we messed up the first time, we have to live with it now. <laughs> yeah. That's browser philosophy for you. So one week from today, I'll be placed in my group for our big first project. Okay, so uh, last week you told us that you were talked to specifically about your group work. Yes. And how not to stress out about somebody sabotaging the group, and if they're dumb and being dumb, to just tell them to find a TA or a instructor. Right. So and let's 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 think about how nice this is. 
preparing for groups in this particular way, where, where people who are kind of seen as leads, at least, are being told, don't, don't, don't let your group trick you down. Yeah. Um, um, that means because... it must be common enough in these classes that they are doing it proactively. Well, two weeks before the group actually began, they started saying about how they're gonna they're picking the groups, and so it's not like we could just you know, because it it seems that a table's strong or a table is weak, like right. Um, and so they're probably yeah. gonna try to mix it up a little bit, you know, do some exposure things. I mean, I'm sure they know like who to match up based on grades so far and so on. Yeah. Um, but what I really like about this is that there is guidance for you told to you that. You know, it's okay that if your group members don't participate well, you won't be if too impacted by that. Yeah. Yep. I know what you're going to do, of course. You're going to code the whole thing. Well, I don't know about that. I know. You will. Yeah. So we got a little more details, and I'm not happy with that. What, um, what are the new details? That we have to present our project, and that it has to have a PowerPoint. I am you happy like PowerPoint? about that because in the real world, no, I oh. hate PowerPoints, but in the real world, you have to talk about what you, you have to do yeah. presentations. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I don't know if they cover it in a bootcamp, but there's in the business world where I work, um, there's something we do called daily standup and demos. Ooh. So daily standup is what we do every day. And it's usually about 10 to 15 minutes long. And we just recap what we worked on yesterday and what we think we're going to get to today. Not a big deal. It's quick. Um, you know, it it amounts to maybe two to three sentences. Um, as you're all fancy pants developers and stuff, you all come in at different times. Some of you work remote. Um, like how does that daily stand up work when people are remote or not present? Like, yep, you got it. So that's a really great question. So one of the things that we do is if we know that there are remote people and they're not just late or on vacation. If we know that there are, <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, my outburst was uh, in direct reaction to Matt's face as he just ate an orange. Um, so, what what we do in the situations where they're remote is we set up a Skype call or a Hangouts call or a WebEx call, and we just invite them to come on to stand up with the team who's in person in the office, so that they can be there. Uh, now, if there is no opportunity for remote for whatever reason, so for example, let's say somebody is traveling. They obviously can't make stand-up because they're on an airplane. We'll just put it in Slack for them. Okay. It's fine. No big deal. Um, you also asked a great question. What do you do about you know people who are early or late? Uh, so a lot of, a lot of stand-ups are common or very early in the day, so usually around 9 or 10. When I was running stand-up, I usually did it at 1 p.m., so right after lunch. Oh, wow. Because I figured that everybody who was coming in for the day for sure would be in by 1, and everybody who was going to leave early wouldn't have left by 1, and I figured everybody wouldn't have a meeting immediately after lunch. So yeah. I thought 1 p.m. What was a good What if lunch plan. went long? Uh, it doesn't, because now stand-up prevents that. <laughs> very, very, very good. Very clever. Yeah, I know. I kind of planned it. Um, so that so this practice that I'm mentioning, so that's daily stand-up. Then there's also demo. And this is what your event will be like. It's the concept of making some code product. It might be a feature, might be, you know, a whole module of work. But then you have to show it to somebody to see if that's what they wanted. 
and if you did it right. Yeah. And we call that demo. And so we do that kind of like every other week or so. Um, and it's a really important skill to get practice in because without like making code, writing code is great and all, but if you don't show it to people or at least the outcome of it, it doesn't amount to much. Mm-hmm. And so this whole practice, these standups and these demos, this is part of what we call scrum. Oh, what does that stand for? I don't think it stands for anything. You just like to scrum? I hate scrum. You hate scrum? I hate Scrum. That's why I make it mine at um, 1 p.m., uh, which is a direct uh, anti-Scrum practice. So uh, so let's talk about trying your hardest, because this is a really interesting topic that you brought up earlier. Yeah. It, it, um... Well, you know how I come whining to you every time I get stuck in my homework. But before I whine to you, my console log is not giving me errors. It's It's completely clean it's i google's not helping me stack overflow is too confusing and there's too many people on there with similar but different enough questions that doesn't apply to me and then i go to you so i had the most annoying bug uh the other i don't know i don't want to rant about it here um but you're able to help me with it and it was very nice because my all right actually i have to give a little context um i i created a whole bunch of button tags and I selected them with a jQuery selector and I was dynamically creating more buttons after that. And yep. the newly created, dynamically created buttons weren't being applied by the selector to get their values read back. And I couldn't figure out why because I was selecting everything with a button tag. Right. And so what you had thought was that by selecting, you know, with jQuery dollar sign button you thought that it would apply to all current tags and all future tags. Exactly. But it doesn't. Which is a, which is an intuitive thought, but that is not indeed how in practice it works. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it didn't. I, I didn't get a console error to check because right. it just it didn't know it existed. It, like I press F12, go in there, nothing, nothing, nothing to go off nothing of. Nothing there. And, um, so I can, uh, next time we are near a computer, I can show you a method in Chrome to, that would have revealed to you that there were no event bindings on those buttons. Ooh. That, uh, that sounds like a useful piece of information that might help me in a career in this field. Could be. Yes. Um, yep. But no, there's lots of people who don't even try. So we do these exercises and stuff, and after 15 minutes, we normally get the solution slacked out to us. Uh, well, no, we always get the solution slacked out to us. Um, so the in-class exercises, yeah. right? Yeah. And they just wait so for the answers. I think it's really good. Right, right, right. And do you, do you learn that way? I can't. I don't. So I think it's half and half. So there have been times in my life where I thought, you know, this is just, it's not working out. It's too hard. I'll come back later. And then I come back later and either whatever I've been working on like I thought about it long enough, kind of in the background, and I kind of have a better idea now. Or, in some other cases, there have been e- ecosystem or structural changes in the problem, and it's easier now for some reason. So sometimes you can learn that way. Uh, you know, in-class exercises aren't meant to, you know, be hard. They're meant to give a refresher or a little bit more practice. Yeah, and these 
are very, very well structured to your homework. So if you, like we were playing with the Jiffy API thing and now all of a sudden our homework is about using the Jiffy app thing, API. Um, right, so it's it's pertinent. It's easy to connect the dots. Um, um, so it's 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 that's how it should be. And it's like they put some thought behind how they're going to make this class. And so there are people in your class that, you know, aren't trying their hardest or even near the hardest. But you also mentioned that there are others who are committed despite all of their odds. Oh, yeah. Um, we got a guy who, um, his company, he does security for somebody and he has to make conference calls in Singapore all the time. He's got a one-year-old at home. He's got a wife that he has to keep, you know, happy and stuff. He's got a family to run, a business that forces him to be conference calling at random hours of the day, and he still has not been late to boot camp, and he still tries his hardest. Um, is this, right. Everyone's so got a different story. Everybody has a different story there, and there's a big mix, big variety, and it, it is a, a shame that uh, the people who are not trying very hard um, will almost certainly be left behind, because... In this industry, if you are not, you don't have to try your hardest. Like nobody's asking you to be a hundred percent all the time. Like it's it's okay. Like you can try hard, but your hardest isn't necessary. But if you don't continue to try and put in the effort, you will get left behind, and it will be harder to catch up with those who already are ahead. It's not to say that you won't be able to do it again in the future. It just will be hard to catch up. Yeah, experience is cumulative in this field. Uh, and it's exponential in some ways. You were saying how your thoughts, like, you used to think that every language was so different and stuff, and then you're like, oh, now it's just another stack in the Tower of Babel or whatever. Like, all languages are the yeah, same. Yeah, right. I was just coded in Python, and it's like, my gosh, who can code in this language? Yeah. But that didn't stop me from coding in that language. Yeah. It's fine. It's all, it's all the same. Yeah. Um. Speaking of connecting the dots, um, you are helping somebody... And uh, what I wanted to point out was, you know, connecting the dots are, you know, kind of important. Um, you sent uh, basically some completed work as an example. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you sent it as, um, what was it again? A 7-zip uh, zip. Um, I was using Windows. So of course I was using 7-zip. Right. And so it was just a bunch of code files. Just zip them up. Yeah, send I them sent over. my completed Maybe homework. Use... Like they were, oh, they were weeks behind on homework, so I sent them an old thing. Like just, just yeah, just change, change the name. It's been weeks. The TAs aren't going to remember. Just, just right. seriously, just turn it in. And right, and so, and so, tell me the outcome of that, Matt. You gave me some random symbols. It doesn't work. I don't know what you did to your code. I could press yeah. it. It says dot seven Z at the end. Right. And so, you know, this this is a sign of some different circumstances. So on one hand, maybe the person in question never has never seen a seven zip file before. Totally possible. You would Google what a seven Z is and find out that it's a compression tool and download it and unzip the file. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's it's interesting. It's so nineteen years old, by the I way. I just about... checked. It's been around seven, seven zip. zip. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So so it's it's interesting to me because connecting the dots is something that in again, in this field, in this industry, you have to connect a whole lot of dots without seeing many of them at once. Um and being able to remember things that you've seen before 
and being not knowledgeable, but even just generally aware of certain things, that goes so far. Yeah. Yep. Because the other day you showed me this JWT compression something or other. I didn't know what it was, but I did was able to Google yes. it and got it uncompressed. And in fact, you Googled it without me even prompting you to Google it. Like, I just showed you the word JWT, and you had no idea what that nope, was. never seen it before. And you did still don't know what it is, but I still got the answer because Google thinks for you sometimes. Or, or, or at least you are aware enough that you don't know the solutions to start by Googling it. And that's the point. And historically, uh, in all of my teaching that I've ever done, so when I was working in community education... I would often introduce my classes as, hey, you know, I won't always be here to help you. Uh, Google's your best friend. If you have a question, Google oh, I should it. have said W3 schools, man. Yeah, no, I try to make sure people don't go there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's connecting the dots. Yeah. But now it is time to talk about the highlight of this episode, IB7. The life-changing for me event. Possibly. Don't, we don't know yet. Um, we'll We'll see. Because there hasn't been any feedback yet, Not but yet. soon. I mean, it's it's only been what two days? Two days, and as of this recording, uh, which is in the future from the past. And what gets done on Friday for, in the Nothing. recruiters' world? Well, and it snowed forty inches again. Uh-huh. Um. So this event that we went to is called Hacker X. Um. And so uh, let's see here. Can I find a description really quick? Um. HackerX is the world's largest invite-only networking and recruiting event for developers. It is a one-of-a-kind opportunity to meet with some of the world's most innovative companies and fastest-growing startups. And so somehow, miraculously, you found an invite lying on the street, and you attended. And so I would like to talk about that event, but before that, I would like to talk about some of the things you did to prepare for that event. Oh, yes. Um, I had business cards printed, and I had resumes made. And... It's, uh, I was trying to make a brand image in a week and it worked. I mean, it worked well enough. So your, your business cards, you know, have your name on it. They're blue. They're, Um, they're, they're very blue. They have a QR code that takes you to my website. Um, they have your phone number on it. Um, that's it really. Well, it's just enough. Speaks for itself. You don't need to have a bunch of crap on there. I don't need to have a bunch of fake titles and stuff. Um, and that's that's something that I've learned. Titles on your cards, they get old too fast, so don't don't put titles well, on your card. And then you you have so many roles and you don't have a title for each role you do. And it's exactly. just you, you if you are, say you. you're an SE three, like you're a software engineer, but you're you're also on the recruiting table. You you do so much more than just be an engineer. So exactly. you'd be a disservice to you to put your title on there. Right. And so that's why on my personal cards I don't have a title. I am just Ryan. That is my title. Yeah. Uh, and so you have your resume and um, your resume, you know, you don't have industry work experience. Totally OK. Mm-hmm. On your resume, you put down uh, the University of Minnesota boot camp, of course. Oh, yes. Uh, you put your uh, USPS work. Yep. Your union work. Yep. Uh, your former bookstore work. Yep. You um, listed a bunch of skills that the, you've learned yeah. lo- in boot camp. And elsewhere. Um, and which is great. I mean, I, I know you've done Linux for like 20 years by now. Yeah. And that was a good conversation starter because um, when I was talking to the Target Corporation's uh, table, they saw that I had Java. They saw that I had Docker and they jumped all over that. And they asked me if I would ever use Spring Boot. And I'm like, 
no, but I've heard of it. And then they're like, okay, well, we use Docker for absolutely everything. If you're familiar with working on it, it'll be great. We do everything's in Java. And yeah, so the target people were really into that. And it's, oh, actually, one thing I noticed at each table is everything, everybody wanted something else. Great. Uh, That's excellent. So let's talk about your elevator pitch. Oh, yes. Yes. What, what did you say? How did you introduce yourself to each table? Yep. Uh, I basically said, hi, my name's Matthew. I like you a lot. You have very nice hair. You're very cute. Um, no, no, I didn't do any of that. Um, but basically, I just said who I was and that I am currently in a coding boot camp and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going from there. And uh, these are the skills I'm learning in my boot camp. And um, in a few months, I'm going to be done and I want to be on your workforce. And then that's great. Um, quite a few of them said, no, no, we're, we're, we're looking for senior people. But out of all the tables I talked to, not a single one of the recruiters cut me down for not knowing something. And, and so were you expecting that or were you expecting something else? I was expecting like <laughs> a boot camp guy. I want somebody who at least spent $100,000 in schooling. Well, <laughs> well, I, I worked at Hamlin University's bookstore. Like I'm used to freaks and everything else. And <laughs> when you work at a private school for so long and just deal with private school people, they're kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, HackerX is an event where it's it's sort of a speed dating interviewing event. So basically there's like 20 tables in a room. Each table has a different business at it. Uh, everybody fills up the tables. You're there for five minutes and then you rotate and then you just keep going until time runs out. So you talked to Target, you mentioned earlier, and we'll talk some more about, you know, where are you, uh, you know, what other companies you talked about. But. I want to ask some other questions first. So Uh-oh. you mentioned that day that you had been thinking about it all day. I was nervous. I was a wreck. Yes. You you were nervous. You were a wreck. And my question to you is, did you feel prepared? Well, yeah. I had been thinking about it for a couple of weeks. I had thought about what kind of business cards they wanted and how I wanted the business cards to use the same color as my resume, which uses the same color as my website. I wanted all three of them to kind of be uniform in color scheme and font families and everything else to make a brand that was i'm not a total screw up please hire me and so what about your um like i know you uh oh you 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 like the park to be empty let's just say like you don't like crowds necessarily oh, yeah. you don't like talking to strangers necessarily so how how were you prepared like how did you feel prepared with in regards to those um how do i put it so even in the crowded room and stuff, uh, when you're just talking to the recruiters, it was literally talking almost one-on-one or one-on-two. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can handle two people. Uh, two people is not that many. Um, and so after the first two tables, I was feeling great about it. That's great. But until then, I was feeling like crap. I was hiding in the corner. So, so yes. Yeah, so I, I, where, where I found you, which was in the corner, the literal the, the, corner. The one with the lights the- off. In the backmost part of the building, I found you in a corner, um, and I, I'm glad you got out of the corner. <laughs> um, so what felt most overwhelming while you were going through those tables? Just, I felt like I didn't belong there, kind of. I'm a, I'm a mailman. I'm not a, supposed to be at a software uh, tech hiring event. And so after you went through a lot of those tables, did you feel the same or no, do you feel different? No, I, I feel like I 
there's a lot of places that um, said they're going to follow up with me and everything else, and I believe some of them. Some of them were kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't yeah. like me. They're being nice, um, which is totally fair, right? I mean, it's well, they yeah. they have their hiring needs, and it's not like an expectation that everybody can be hired. But it is it is good that you are you know accepting of that fact. Yeah, and um, it's just I don't know. It's hard to put it all into words, but I was so so glad I went. That is excellent. So what what did you learn by going? Like what what new facts, either about yourself or the industry? What did you learn? That um, a lot of people are hiring. Yeah, like I'm in a coding boot camp, and three of the fifteen spots I stopped at were almost. It it almost felt like they were going to follow up with me immediately, and yep, um, they didn't, or not yet, at least. Uh, but like I said, Friday. I mean, what gets done on Friday? Ten inches of snow, at least. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, this industry is really weird. The United the United States, the Twin Cities. It's a little bit smaller. The Twin Cities is a unique area. This is not a um. This is not Silicon Valley. This is not California. This is not Seattle. This is not um, Austin or New York. This is not a place where there are a ton of hipster developers like nobody goes to minnesota because like that's where all the developers are people just live here and it just so happens that there are a huge number of fortune 500 companies in this area yeah cargill's got a headquarters here best buy has a headquarters target has a target um there's just uh metronic metronic Um, is world renowned i mean and there are tons more that i don't even know about um like it's amazing how many big companies, and that's not even to mention three M, you know, three uh, M, right? Scientific. Exactly. There's a lot of places that everyone's heard about around here. Exactly, and that doesn't even go to the fact that there are, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of more smaller but still large companies all over the place. Not to mention the startups that we do have, and you know everything in between. And this is a really unique area, and you know what what I've learned from going to these events. I've seen people go to multiple events and they've recognized me again and said hello and they're at a different job already. And the industry in this area is so interconnected and so small. You could work for somebody today. You could be somewhere else next year. The person you that was a recruiter at one place could be a recruiter at another place in two years. Just just being nice and being friendly, like it goes a long way to build those bridges. Yeah. You were saying that you're not even looking for a job right now, and you still get invites all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> yep. So if anybody is listening uh, that wants to go to a HackerX, they are periodically in the area. They do it about three times a year in the Twin Cities. Um, many of them are public. Um, usually you can uh, Google uh, HackerX and find the um, you know schedule and the plan and uh, you do have to pay to go to attend unless you're invited um, from their their uh, sourcing recruiter guy. Um, but, you know, it's it's 60 bucks is like an hour of your time. It is totally worth it to go to network, not only with the recruiters, but even just other people like it's just fun. I told my dad about that little paying part and he immediately picked up like, hmm, you have to pay for a table 
and the attendees have to pay. Like, uh, I mean, HackerX, the team, they make a lot of that, money. Let's just yeah, say, like, yeah, yeah, that's a cool business model. It is. So I, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you went. I I was not thinking about it all day. However, uh, I was nervous for you too. So I'm glad. Glad you did well. Good work. Yay. And um, yeah, that about wraps up this episode. And um, next week we're going into Firebase uh, for both Tuesday and Thursday. And Saturday starts the introduction to our group project and our groups and everything else. I've got to say, going into Firebase is a huge jump. Like that is <laughs> that's right out of left field. I don't even play baseball. So Tuesday is introduction, and Thursday is just Firebase. So I mean, that's we're spending cool. six hours on it this week. Six hours on Firebase. You know, Fire. You should register for an account now. Firebase is super cool. It is um, some amazingly magical technology. Um, like it's fun. You'll like it. Yeah, it's that Amazon service, right? It is that Amazon service. That's right. And and as far as your group project goes, I I hope that um, I get to hear all about it because that's going to be an amazing project. Yeah. So the the thing that was just jumped out as a little bit strange is um saturday is when all 60 of us are together well i i wouldn't ex- i would expect them to make you want to cross pollinate further to make you almost have to meet up outside of class yes and um i are i i'm curious who i'm going to be in a group with because they made us made study groups at the very beginning and they made us pick by location, and I do live close to one of the classmates, like just a mile and stuff. But that's good. Um, so I, uh, I have a question for you. So, oh. how long does it, on average, take? To, like, how many hours do you feel like you spend on the homework a week? Well, that crystal game, I think I spent an hour on. Um, okay. This trivia game, I think I probably spent three. I, I, I got hung up with that button problem. Yeah. So I want, oh. like, how long do you think, the, like, how big do you think the um, group project will be? Like, it's got to be at least a 10-hour project. Plus PowerPoints and rehearsal and everything Oh, else. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So maybe 15 hours? Yeah. Like, how long do you think you get to do it? You know, actually, I can tell you. Um, so Saturday, March 9th, it is assigned. And give me one second. Calculating, computating. The twenty first, it's due. So the ninth to the twenty first. Yeah. Yep. So I, I think that's pretty fair. Um, you know, fifteen hours maybe. How many people in a group? Three or four? Yeah. Or no, okay. I think four or five. They, they, oh well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope there's enough to do, and that, um, like, it's like I love the idea of group work because it's supposed to simulate actually working in the real world. But often group work is just single work just scaled up to group work yeah yeah well great so this is a great plan uh, I'm looking forward to next week uh, where can we find you on the internet you can find me at matthewpetrol.com because somebody hacked into there and logged in with plain text whatever things and put a website up there while I wasn't looking yeah I don't know who that was um, uh, looks like a nice website it matches all your business cards and resume colors very well uh, and of course, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter at Ryanamar, and of course, on my website, ryanrampersad.com, which is protected by an SSH key, so you will not be able to hack it, even if you know the password. So that's good. 
and of course, you can find the show notes for this episode at thenexus.tv slash IB7. And of course, you can also find us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash thenexustv. And you can find us on Reddit where you can leave comments because this episode deserves comments. Like that HackerX section, you all should be asking us questions about whether you should go and if you're ready. Uh, and of course, you can find that comment section on Reddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash TV. Very professional. Very nice. And thank you for listening, everyone. The Nexus. The Nexus. The Nexus TV. Podcasts from from the the Technological technological convergence. Convergence.